what better place to start than where it all started in Marbella, the Marbella Club Hotel. It's a good spot. One of my favorite places. Let's um, just go through a red light. For those of you who don't know where we are, some of you I'm sure it will be familiar, but we're on, um, on the Marbella Golden Mile. We're heading from Marbella Club, kind of towards Marbella Town. So we're just gonna tease you with a little glimpse of town. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll go into Marbella Town actually and go by the, the horses and come back. People can see what Marbella Town is like on a... By, by the horses? The nags, the old nags, like you and me. The ones, the ones that people go around the town on with their horse and carriage. Oh, okay, yeah. Those horses. Yeah. I should have said Cafe Marbella because that's what that's where the the main thing is. Right. But um, yeah, I call it just turn around, turn around where you see the horses. Um, so anyway, how have you been keeping? Good. Very good. It's uh, it's nice to get out and uh, and see uh, see a bit of Marbella firsthand. Now then, we are coming to um, what's called El Peroli, which is the the Copper Tower which is quite famous in Marbella. On the left-hand side, you won't be able to see it, is the um, Big El Corte Inglés supermarket. There's one in Puerto Banús, but this one on the Golden Mile sells food and furniture, the two Fs. We are now coming into kind of downtown Marbella, I would say. Um, so for those of you who've never been here, this will give you an idea of uh, Marbella town. And unlike a lot of places on the Mediterranean, this, um, you know, this place is thriving all year round. You know, there's lots of things to see and do. There's lots of businesses, as I've said. So you've got that, that mix, that traditional kind of Spanish mix with the cosmopolitan edge, because obviously there's a lot of expats and a lot of tourists and visitors from all over the world. So it's got a nice, a nice vibe to it. I, I like it. But with, with the exception of maybe the, the old town, the actual center itself isn't very picturesque or no. pleasant particularly it could be anywhere it could be any any spanish town yeah center. yeah it, it, it could be it's i mean not, this this part here it's it is what it is it's it could be tormelinos it could be anywhere it could be. yeah thanks we're doing well here aren't we What's no but it's just true dream. isn't it selling the, dream. selling the dream no but the rest of Barbella is absolutely spectacular but yeah. you would be disappointed if you just came down the town center yeah for for your day trip and, yeah. and walked around you'd think this isn't the most this yeah. is very unglamorous this is the main it's, the main drag and this isn't this isn't great but yeah. what you've got is when we get a little bit further towards the horses on your left you've got the old town like you said with the cobbled streets and the fountains and the plathas and all that sort of thing very traditional and historic and then on the right hand side if you walk 100 meters you're on the beach and you've got the big promenade there so this bit tends to get forgotten about really because most people either head to the the promenade or they go into the uh, the old town i come here a lot because a lot of the our completions take place in marbella in the little notary offices which are dotted around here's our bank Kakamar. so i'm here maybe once a week twice a week so I, I kind of get to know it and you know pop in and have a little um, toaster sandwich at Goyo and all that sort of stuff but yeah if I was a tourist here I probably wouldn't even bother coming along this street but the, the old town is definitely worth a visit oh yeah 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 yeah. it's beautiful and the weird thing is 20 years ago when I got here the old town was was the place to go at night it was weird there were so many like beautiful courtyard bars and terrace bars and stuff like that and now for nightlife, everyone heads to the, the port, not Porto Banus, but the port of, of Marbella, which again is, is lovely, but a different, completely different vibe. We are coming into the, hey, there's a horse and cart. There ah, right, go. these are the horses. You see, I didn't right. make it up. Okay. So like, I, I wouldn't necessarily be that inclined to hire this horse and carriage to walk down these smoky, <laughs> dirty streets. Mm. But if it's going around the old town, or like you said, the front, the beachfront itself is very nice. There's a lot of grand uh, old yeah. sort of apartment buildings. Uh, with spectacular oh, yeah. penthouses yeah. and that kind of thing, but 
on the... So the beach is literally just down there. And this is the one of the central meeting points in Marbella. So there's a cafe here that's been here for decades called Cafe Marbella, which is just on the corner here. So if ever you're wanting a meeting place, then this is a great spot. And then you've got the big underground car park here and the amount of clients that have said, where do you park in Marbella? Because this place is kind of hidden. It's not on the main drag. So this is where you park in Marbella, underground here. And it's next to a little park, isn't it? Next to a beautiful shaded, I've got to think about like a canopy of trees, like a little shaded place. But, yeah, that becomes more apparent in the summer months, doesn't yeah, it? Where absolutely. you're just desperate for a bit of cool and uh, yeah. shade, like you say. Yeah. So is this somewhere that they would visit, people would want to live near? Well, I always say to people, you know, unless you're used to the kind of Spanish... Sorry, before we go into that, we've got to mention this car in front, haven't we? Have you ever seen such pimped-up tyres? Wow. Yeah, I mean, that is... Wow. Wowzers. I can see you in one of those. That's very <laughs> That's very gangster. I don't think look, I qualify as a I gangster. I think you do. I think with your, with your Blues Brothers look and all that. Blues Brothers are more alive. Okay, so this, yeah, so we've just done a little U-turn, we're going back the way we came. On the right-hand side is the Old Town. So you'll see little avenues and little streets that go up into the, um, the cobbled streets and the, the squares. And it's all very pretty and very lovely. Yeah, so, so to answer your question, yeah, I think it's very attractive, isn't it, to be part of this and to have everything on your doorstep. But I think unless you've lived in a Spanish town or city before, it's probably not advisable because, as you'll know, Spanish tend to do things kind of later in the day, and they're not the quietest. And the problem is finding stock, property stock, in the towns and cities that is commensurate with what most buyers, particularly Northern Europeans, now expect. Because a lot of these apartments are old, they're small, the balconies are quite small, so, yeah, I always say to people, look, it's a great place to visit and a great place to spend the day and chill out, but actually, it's probably not the place to buy a property for you to live in or to holiday in. Would I be right in saying that if you're looking for an apartment in the town centre, you'd be looking at the ones by the, on the, along the beach line, where you have like Gran Marbella and all those big old urbanisation buildings? That yeah, although, do you know what? It, it's, it's weird because we don't get asked for them a lot. It's a very Spanish market. So they're Spanish-owned, and they kind of get handed down from through the generations. Um, and a lot of wealthy, you know, Madrileños and stuff, they own places like Grand Marbella. But in terms of, like, English, Dutch, Belgians, you know, and other, other nationalities, you won't find many in there. Now, whether that's because they, they don't know about it, or whether it's because they prefer to be elsewhere, I'm not, not altogether sure, but it's just known as quite a Spanish area. This, uh, this end of Marbella, as we go towards the Grand Marbella and, the, and the, out, to the, out to the Golden Mile and the Melia Don Pepe is, is yeah, it's, it's probably, it's very well regarded compared to the other end. And you get a lot of wealthy, wealthy After Spaniards. this uh, Bidoli round of yeah. is this pretty much the beginning of what would be termed the Golden Mile? Yeah, exactly. Just kind of the, the, the border. Yeah. So, yeah, so this is the start of the Golden Mile. So it's not a mile in terms of measurement it's just a, a saying i think it's about three miles isn't it or something and perhaps it originally started in the spot between around the marbella club and the puente yeah. romano and that probably yeah. is a mile yeah it probably, and probably then is, it expanded it? Yeah. to no, soon enough right. tormelinos to be part of the golden mile that's twice you've mentioned tormelinos now yeah <laughs> 
we're supposed to be keeping our listeners and our audience. <laughs> Actually, since my partner went to hospital in Torremolinos, I like a little bit of Torremolinos. I do. I like it a lot. And the hospital was fantastic. Big shout out to the, what's it called? Santa Elena? Santa Elena. Yeah, fantastic. Anyway. Okay, so now we're coming to the, to, to the heart of the Golden Mall. Yeah, because this bit so far, I mean, there's a couple of big like interior design shops and stuff like that, but this bit isn't great. You've got a little and you've got a couple of bars and restaurants. You've got a Carrefour Express supermarket, but it's not like, wow, 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 five star, let's be honest. But then you come past this roundabout. The one with the big giant flag. Yeah. Now this, apparently, this this one with the big giant flag, this roundabout, oh, better stop for the red light. This uh, roundabout is for the victims of COVID. Okay. And it's a lovely roundabout and it's a fabulous flag. I've seen that sort of... Um, but this roundabout's been here a lot longer than COVID. I well, I know, I know. But apparently this this monument thing, this flag and whatever's right. at the base, I mean, okay. I haven't stopped because I thought it might be a bit dangerous mm. to stop and take a look at what it is. But yeah, apparently it's for the, the, the victims of COVID. On this roundabout, you have quite a well-known, I'm not saying good or rare, but quite a well-known restaurant, the Bruno, don't you? On the, yeah, so that's is, on you know, the left. Anybody who's visited here in the past would probably, yes. might probably be aware of it. So the Bruno's a chain. You've got four or five of them. Not the cheapest, but it's very consistent, good Italian food. And um, it's very good service. They're all well-trained. It's a nice restaurant. You know, it's a place where you get cloth napkins, and I'm a sucker for that. Cloth napkins? As opposed to paper. Okay. Like the venter you went to this morning for breakfast. I, I would imagine you didn't get a cloth napkin. No. <laughs> Did you get a napkin? No. <laughs> I'm wearing it. <laughs> oh, dear. So now we're getting into the kind of the real golden mile. So um, the shops become a little bit more exclusive. A lot of, as I said, a lot of designer furniture stores along here, some great restaurants. You've got a Danny Garcia, Lobito Domar, and a few others along here as well. On the left is the Marbella Club Hotel, um, which is very famous and where Marbella kind of all started really. And its sister hotel is the Puente Romano, which is a little bit further up on our, on our left. And they have different feels. The Marbella Club is still fairly traditional. It used to be that you'd have to wear a jacket and tie for dinner and all that sort of stuff. It's a bit more relaxed now, but it's still got a very distinguished air about it. Whereas the Puente Romano is more of a, not, not, um, rich boys playground anything like that but but a little bit more out there i would say a little bit noisier and a little bit younger yeah, now and a little a, bit a little bit not not so much because it's still very classy very family very elegant yeah it's place as well though, yeah and it? it's got you know 10 restaurants or something like that and you know, is, is that more because it has that that square which has a lot of night like a lot of activity at yeah. night so therefore yeah. that's people wouldn't necessarily think of going to the marbella club no, exactly. for nightlife would you, uh, exactly. you kind of go for a nice meal and yes you know, yes. or, or lunch or something like that. Yes. So Alfredo, just so you, so my Bay Club, that's where you take the wife. I have taken the wife. And Puente Romano is where you take the mistress. <laughs> that's not going to make the edit, is it? Um, Cut. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, doing a lot of planting. This is going to look lovely, but yeah. there there is something about Spanish town halls that where where the they save on blocking potholes and things on the side of the pavement. <laughs> they love to invest it in their roundabouts and in their in their sections between roads, don't they? Not, well, not the penny spared there. <laughs> I know, this is great. It's, 
And these palm trees are amazing. I mean, I'm not sure how practical this is going to be in terms of, you know, obviously they haven't gone for the, the ones that dangle over because that's going to take some upkeep, isn't it? Yeah. But this looks very lovely. And obviously this is the jewel in Marbella's crown. You know, this stretch between Marbella Club and Puente Romano, the original Golden Mile, is very well known, very highly regarded. This is where yeah, you come. I mean, to buy a house here on the left, well, a lot of this land, I mean, if you actually Google Earth it, you've got your obviously your existing communities and the odd villa here and there, but a lot of a lot of this is just land. And it's owned by the Arabs. And they just haven't done anything with it. So it's incredibly expensive real estate, but you can see there's nothing here, nothing here. But someone will own it, probably, you know. But say, for example, something that you don't see in the market very often, where yeah. we just passed the yeah. Marbella Club. Uh -huh. Typically there you might buy a villa Mm -hmm. Whereas in the Puente Romano, you might you buy an apartment, correct? Yes. But to get a villa in the Marbella Club, A, there's not much stock, and B, it's super, super expensive. It, it, it is. I mean, for something very small, like a little vacation home, villa-wise, you're probably looking at five million plus, and it can just go up to... I mean, there is an estate here on the beach, which I think is on the market at about 25, 30 million. So, yeah, it, it's... Look, it's an expensive real estate market. In Puente Romano, yeah, you're right, it's mainly apartments. There are a couple of villas down on the beach, but it's very hard to find any villas beachside unless you've got seriously deep pockets. So what a lot of people do is they end up going just slightly over the road. Well, not slightly over the road, over the road. <laughs> and uh, we had a client, for instance, a, a, a Swedish client who's been looking for a little while and he's just picked up a, a townhouse in Senoria de Marbella, um, which is very beautiful. And he paid around a million euros for that. And he can walk down to Puente Romano whenever he wants. In fact, we're going to go up there now and take a little a little look. And you know that on on the beach side would have been three or four million. This is Puente Romano that we just passed on the left. On the left, yeah. And then we're coming up to the mosque now. Now the mosque was donated to the people of Marbella by King Fahd of Saudi Arabia when he was alive. And it's still used. They do Friday prayers. There isn't a call to prayer during the night. Oh no? No, not because of the residents. But you'll hear them kind of rehearsing and doing stuff and it's quite a haunting, haunting sound. Anyone who's been to any Muslim countries will, will know that it's, it's quite a sight and spectacle. So we're coming up here. This is all walking distance from Puente Romano and we're coming up into this little area which is um, Lomas de Marbella Club. And this area is really well regarded, but your prices are much, much better than they are on the beach. We sell a lot of properties up here. So the development that I just mentioned where my lovely Swedish client bought, is just on the right here, Senoria de Marbella. And then on the left-hand side, you've also got a beautiful development called Lomas de Marbella Club Pueblo, which we'll have a look at on the way back. This is, um, this is rather lovely. So you have a nice long entrance, 24-hour security. And because it's 20, 30 years old, there's a lot of space in this development and you have a heated pool, a massive outdoor pool, then you have family pools, tennis, paddle, a restaurant that's open in the summer. Um, so it's a, really, it's a really good package for people who want that Puente Romano lifestyle just down the road but don't want to pay the Puente Romano price. Yeah, Puente Romano is what, 10 minutes walk? 10 minute, 10 minute walk, yeah. yeah. So I'm just going to spin around so you can see the... This is Lomas del Rey, which is a, um, 
Well, it's uh, development's been here a while, but this is their last phase that they're developing. And then on the right-hand side, this is Lomas de Marbella Club Puebla, which is very famous here. This is where a lot of people have their wedding photos taken because it's such a pretty place. I used to live here, actually. I was fortunate enough to live here for a couple of years. And it really is beautiful. There's 80, I think it's 85 homes, and they're all completely different. So they're townhouses. But the architectural features are stunning. It's like a little Andalusian Pueblo but in the heart of the Golden Mile. And unless you know it's here, you never, you'd never kind of find it. But it's a, it's a, great, uh, a great place. So we're here on the Golden Mile. Uh, literally, if I jump up, I can probably see the, the top of the mosque. And just beyond that is the Puente Romano Hotel and the beach. Uh, but we've actually just stepped back about, well, I don't know how many yards it is, but literally a 10 minute walk, if that, from the Puente Romano. We are in the area just above the Golden Mile called Lomas de Marbella. That side of me, I have uh, the Pueblo, Marbella Club Pueblo, which has 85 properties, all completely different. Townhouses, two, three, four bedrooms uh, with a lovely pool, which is designed like a, something you'd see in the Alhambra Palace. Really pretty place. I used to live there for a couple of years, so I, I kind of know my way around there. And then the other side, we've got Senorio de Marbella, which is similar in terms of style yeah, quite pueblo-y but they don't build them like this anymore this has got loads of space you've got 24-hour security a mixture of apartments penthouses and townhouses there you've got heated pool you've got a massive must be the biggest outdoor pool in marbella and you've also got a family section where you've got different pools uh, you've got paddle tennis tennis and you've got a restaurant which is opening i think july and august for residents as well so it's a great place to holiday as well as to to live and all of this literally 10 minutes away from where the action is at the moment at the Puente Romano Hotel and all the bars and restaurants and the fabulous beach. And then if you go down to the coast, you've got literally Marbella five minutes that way and Banus five minutes that way. Job done. We're gonna actually just go over the road here because we've been talking about the Puente Romano. Kind of need to see it, don't we? So I am going to take you, take you over by the tennis club and then we're gonna just park up and I'll show you the promenade. There you go. Promises, promises. So the King's Palace, the King of Saudi Arabia, is just on the right-hand side. When King Fad was alive, they used to use it quite a lot, kind of every, every year, really. Not so much now, but there are ooh, some of the Saudi princes who, uh, who do use it. We actually, we have a furniture company, and we, um, we actually furnished one of their penthouses here at the Puente Romano and they had quite an odd request for how it was furnished. We were like, okay. And it turns out this, is, um, this was just a changing room for when the royal family wanted to go for a dip in the ocean. Wow. There you go. Um, on our left is the tennis club, the famous Puente Romano Tennis Club, where they recently had um, a tournament and where they host lots of competitions like the Davis Cup and all that sort of stuff. and where I go for lunch quite a lot, actually. It's a really nice little place. Again, you wouldn't kind of know about it, but it's a, it's a, it's a lovely facility, it really is. And uh, that's where Novak Djokovic hangs out quite a lot. He has a, a villa in the Sierra Blanca, and he comes down here to train, although he has his tennis court um, where his house is, but he comes down here to train with his, uh, with his coach quite a lot. 
So here we are at the fabulous Puente Romano Tennis Club. Not a lot of people know this exists, uh, so unless you come across it or are invited in, then, uh, but it's a great place. I, I come here a lot, actually. I shouldn't be telling you all my secrets. I come here a lot for lunch. It's not expensive. Um, a nice, light, healthy lunch. And you can watch the world go by. There's lots of practice courts all around here. There's center court behind us, which is where they have the, the big tennis events and also the uh, some of the concerts in the summer they have uh, they have here as well and then in terms of uh, properties we have the is it the Japanese gardens the Persian gardens apartments which overlook the beach and then we've got more behind us so there's yeah lovely places to live because you've obviously got this on your doorstep but you've also got all the bars and restaurants of the Puente Romano hotel itself um, but this is a really nice place I don't think there's any celebs here today sometimes you you can see Novak Djokovic hanging out here, uh, training with his, uh, with his trainer. One of my favourite places on the whole coast, this is the Puente Romano Tennis Club. Just been for a quick snack with uh, Alfredo and a few Diet Cokes. Yeah, it's a lovely spot just to hang out, watch the tennis players. And the thing is, it's not like, it's not like watching tennis being played in a park back in the UK. These, are, these guys know what they're doing, so it's actually quite nice to watch. And they have a lot of tournaments here as well, and they also have a few famous people dropping in. I know that Novak Djokovic, who has a villa just up the road, he trains here quite a lot. But I bring clients here quite a lot because it just gives them access to something that they wouldn't otherwise see. You know, normally just up and down the road and stopping off at all the, all the usual points, but this is a little hidden treasure. And it's one of the few places near the Puente Romano that you can get parked. I shouldn't have said that, should I? That's it now. I'm never going to get parked here again. Uh, we're just winding our way through the little avenues of the, the hotel and hoping that we'll get a car parking spot here. Am I right in saying that's one of the tricky things here is getting parked? Yeah, it is. Although, having said that, how about that? Oh, it's a hot one. Here we are at the, where are we? Puente Romano Hotel. Behind, we have the Mediterranean. We have the Sea Grill restaurant, which is a lovely place for lunch or dinner if you're out with friends or family or whoever. This is a great place, and this is all part of the Puente Romano. So up towards the, the main body of the hotel, you've got various bars and restaurants. You've got La Plaza, which has, I think, five or six different restaurants, uh, and the Nobu restaurant, a very famous Nobu restaurant. And then as you come through the gardens, there's other little hidden treasures, little, little um, garden restaurants, and then you come down to the beach, and you've got an, um, another several restaurants. You've got the Chiringuito on the beach as well. So it's a really nice spot. Very five-star, very glamorous, lots of birds tweeting, and a guy with a strimmer. What more do you need? So this area behind me, it looks like it's actually the, uh, the terrace, breakfast terrace for the Nobu Hotel. So within the Puente Romano, there are areas and rooms which are managed by Nobu, which is obviously a worldwide brand. And this one looks like it's the, uh, the terrace area. And it looks like they've got something coming on the beach as well, which should be quite exciting. But there's, there's lots going on here, lots of little places to eat and drink. You won't be spoiled for choice. This area is, is noble.
So this is the promenade, which links up pretty much from Puerto Banus all the way to Marbella and beyond. Some of it is paved, some of it is like this, uh, which is a little bit uh, rough, but it's ideal for walking, for cycling. Um, and then behind we have the, the sand beach and the, the sea. Uh, if we head to the other side, we come across the Marbella Club Hotel, the sister hotel to the Puente Romano. And there you have a pier, which we'll, uh, we'll go and take a look at now. So this is uh, El Chiringuito, which is part of the, the Puente Romano Hotel. This is a beautiful place to, excuse me, is that a parrot? <laughs> this is a beautiful place to take clients for breakfast, like now, or for lunch. And then if you pan around, you see the sort of views that you get for the, on the beach. It's just a really great spot. And if people like healthy eating and nice breakfasts, honestly, no better place. What a great spot. Hey, what a great spot. 20 degrees, breakfast on the beach. So just beyond us, I don't know if you can make it out, is the little jetty or pier that comes across from the Marbella Club Hotel. You can just take a walk along there and dangle your legs over and look at the sea. It is quite spectacular. Now we are just outside the Marbella Club Hotel. Uh, we've just walked along from Puente Romano, along the Golden Mile, on the promenade, and we're here. I'm just looking at this amazing offer, relax and unwind. So you have access to the seawater pool. You can have a 60 minute massage, a lunch, a wellness lunch, whatever that means, maybe a bit less, and a sunbed for 230 euros per person. Should we do it? Forget, it's Friday, come on, let's do it. So we're going to go to one of my favourite, favourite bits of Marbella now. I love this place. I come here to contemplate. It doesn't happen very often. <laughs> turn right, Alfredo. Turn right. There you go. How about that? Should we go and take a little walk? You know, a bit of sand in your toes, the waves crashing in, a bit of sea air. Oh, come on.
you know, the weird thing is I actually took some photos from this point. I think it was on a New Year's Day a few years ago. It was a similar day to today, not quite as hazy. And I took some photos of what you're about to see in a minute. And everyone was like, oh my God, where are you? This looks like the Caribbean or that. Anyway, I'm sure you'll, uh, you'll show the, the guys and girls where we are. How blue is this sea? Or is it my, is it my lenses? <laughs> it looks, looks turquoise. Okay, so here we are. We are on the, the jetty. That's it, isn't it? Is it a jetty? Is it a pier? I have no idea. Um, at the Marbella Club Hotel, one of my favorite spots. It's a nice romantic place to be, which is why I'm here with Alfredo. Uh, don't tell the wife. And behind us, we have the, the beach of the Golden Mile and the Marbella Club. In the, on the other side, we have the Puente Romano Hotel, which is literally about half a mile, a mile away. And then in the far distance, you can just about probably make out the the Puerto Banus um, whitewashed harbour. But if you actually look at this stretch of coastline, people say, oh, you know, Marbella's built up and there's lots of things going on. Actually, if you look at this Golden Mile section, there's a lot of trees and there's a lot of land here on the beach that hasn't been developed and will never be developed. So it's a great spot. Further on you go here, you get into Marbella town eventually. You can just see it, it's very hazy today. You can just see it in the distance. And then further on from that, you can see Los Monteros, Rio Real. And then even further than that, you see the twin towers of Elviria, the Don Carlos. And on a very clear day, I love coming here in the winter, on a very clear day, you can see the snow-capped mountains of the Sierra Nevada near Granada. So this is just a great spot. It's a lovely place to be. And uh, this is all, you know, wherever you are, Marbella, Benavis, Estepona, this is no more than 20 minutes away, really. This is a great spot, a lovely place to be. Five-star environment. You know, I'm going to go for a dip, I think. Tempting. This is new, this little this little bar. Yeah. Oh, isn't it? Isn't it tempting? Yeah. The interesting thing about this is they've never filled this bit in. So in all the 20 years I've been coming here, they've always left you a bit of sand. Now, I don't know if that's a deliberate ploy that you kind of get sand in your toes and get the feel of it. But you think, if not, just finish it off. Finish. Maybe they don't want people in shoes and suits. And Finish stuff like it that. off. Yeah. Should we get them a bit of carpet? So in front of us we have the famous La Concha mountain. Have you ever climbed it? Have I climbed it? Mm. <laughs> so, so no, that's a, over that's my hard, dead body. That's a hard no. I don't think I've climbed a staircase in the last year. <laughs> I know people who've, I mean, I've seen the photos of, of friends who've uh, been up there and it looks very impressive, got to say. So this, this, is this Sierra Blanca we're in now? Well, oh, is yet. it or isn't it? Not quite, no. This is the kind of bit between the Golden Mile and Sierra Blanca. So uh, this, this is Le Blanc, which is, um, 
we've got a few few bits and pieces left. It's all very very close together that we've had a few clients look at it and just decide that you know if you're coming up here, you really want some sort of view, even if it's not directly from your ground floor. But um, on the right hand side, you have quite a well-known development called Imara, and you also have Condado de Sierra Blanca. So up here, we're coming to Sierra Blanca proper now, and you have two two options. You have Cascada de Camojan, which is this bit here. Okay, so this is very secure. It's a little bit more rustic and countryfied in terms of look and feel. The plots tend to be a little bit bigger than the normal bit of Sierra Blanca. And that is, I, I like Cascada de Camojan. It's very, very nice indeed. And then the other bit is uh, just here, which is the main part of Sierra Blanca. And Sierra Blanca is just a very nice residential estate. You've got security guard on our left. We're gonna just go up here. Now normally these uh, barriers are down, so it's quite hard to access Sierra Blanca itself, which is what we're doing now, so we're quite quite privileged that we've managed to be able to get in. We snuck in. We snuck in. So here we have um, some fabulous villas. There's one, um, I was going to show you Novak's home, but I think we just passed it. Um, Novak, we're on first name terms, being, <laughs> being Djokovic. But a lot of these houses you can't see because they're behind, behind gates, but most of the houses here are big, luxurious, exclusive mansions, okay? Plot sizes aren't massive in Sierra Blanca. The average plot size is around 1,000 to 1,200 square meters. So um, it, it feels residential. There's a lot of houses here, but you'll find that some are built on double plots, and they're the ones that feel very spacious because they're on two, two and a half thousand square meters. All the streets here are named after composers. That's right, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's some absolutely gobsmackingly beautiful, amazing homes up here. Um, I'm just giving you a quick kind of flip around to, to show you where it is really, more than sort of getting in on top of anything. But there are some beautiful, beautiful homes up here. And uh, it's always a privilege coming up here. And the, the reason people people choose to, to buy up here, this is Novak's home, I think, on the right. Oh, he's having it done up. He's having it, he's having it done up, he's had enough. And we sold this one here last year, which was a lovely, lovely deal. Yeah, so the sort of people who live here, people who want to be uh, easily accessible to Marbella and Puerto Banus, because you're literally five minutes into Marbella town, probably the same into, into Puerto Banus. You're above the Golden Mile, so you're in a really nice area, but you're not stuck back in the hills like, like I am, or you're not as far back as, say, Zagaleta, Madronal. So it's, um, I mean, obviously the further into town you come, the further that you are accessible to things, the more you pay for the land. And that is the story here, which is why the houses are big, the plots are quite small compared to the inland areas where the, the land is always a bit cheaper. We've noticed quite a lot of Scandinavians buying here, quite a lot of younger families with money, obviously, who want to be in this area because they've got schools on the doorstep, they feel safe here with the security. So, but it is only like 10 or 15 minutes drive to most amenities, oh, isn't it? If that, five, I would say. Because you're quite near the, the A7, aren't you here? Yeah. Well, easy to access. Yeah, so you not, can... Not in a way where you'd notice the sound of it or noise no, or anything like that, but exactly. it's a very short drive to it. Yeah, so you can get down onto the coast in less than five minutes. You've got access to the highway behind you. 
probably five, six minutes, and then Venus and Marbella are both five or six minutes away. So it's a really good location, but yeah, you, you still need a car, but your, your commute is a short one. The security is soft because all the, all the roads here in Spain are public roads. And I think that might be the problem that they're having with this feature at the moment that we can see with these barriers. It's a soft, a soft security. Now, what they tried to do was they tried to make it that you had to flash your, your pass to get in or put a code in. But it, I mean, this, these, these um, have been like this for quite a bit of time now, these barriers up. You have to ask yourself the question, well, hang on, if I'm spending five, five or 10 million euros on a, a mansion here in Sierra Blanca, is that a really important part of the deal? Do I, do I want it to be stricter security? Now, a lot of people I think would say yes. You know, they don't want any Sean and Alfredo driving past their house and looking through the windows and stuff like that. So when we talk to clients and security is a big, big, big thing, and it is for some people, then Sierra Blanca sometimes doesn't quite cut it. And I'll say, I'll be very honest with people and say, look, if you want security above everything else, then there are better options than Sierra Blanca. So Zagaleta, even Madronial, El Jorojo Alto, even Cascada de Camohan. Yeah, that door. seems like yeah, it Yeah, it's a much more... more secure. Look, it's a beautiful place. I would love to live here. <laughs> if, I had the, if I had the means, don't get me wrong. But yeah, like we've always said, nowhere's perfect. There's always a compromise or two to be had. And the compromise with this one at the moment is that the security is not as tight as it could or should be. Mm -hmm.